Hello, language lovers. Thanks for joining me again for this episode of Speaking Tongues. Today, we're talking to Ellie about several languages that she grew up speaking and has learned over the course of her lifetime. Ellie is an accomplished lawyer in California, and she breaks down her attraction to learning languages and offers some valuable insight for those of us who continue learning as adults. I'm excited to share this episode, in spite of the audio issues we encountered, because she talked about the desire to connect and the important issues that we all have to focus on in order to start our own language learning journeys. I hope you'll enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm so happy to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Very nice uh, <laughs> talking to you. Um, thank you for thank you for your time and yeah, for absolutely, absolutely. I just um uh Tom uh, showed me your uh podcast and I was like, oh, this is so exciting! Like, <laughs> is it really? <laughs> I'm so happy to to be part of it so thank you thank you so much um Mm -hmm. so let's just jump right in Mm -hmm. because I have I have a bunch of questions um what is your first language okay so uh I have two uh, first languages, if that makes sense, uh, because I was uh, born in Iran, but then I moved to France when I was four. Oh. So although I did speak Farsi at home and we went to Farsi school, but I always say I speak Farsi like a four-year-old and French like a 90-year-old. That's according <laughs> to my nephew, <laughs> because I've been, uh, so So I grew up in France till age uh, 22, 23, mm-hmm. and then I'm to the U.S. Uh, at 23, so it's been 17 years now. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. like, that's a really big jump. How did you end up going from... Iran to to France what part of France Paris in Paris right. how did you right. and how did you go from Iran to to Paris at such a young age uh, with my parents so oh, we okay. yeah we immigrated to France after the uh, revolution in Iran mm-hmm. um, so uh, yeah and that's where so we would speak Farsi at home but then I learned uh, French in school as a child so what uh, french is the language i'm most comfortable with okay but what's a little bit funny is that because i've been um uh, in the us for 17 years and i never really worked in uh france here uh in the us i work as a lawyer so in a professional world i'm actually more comfortable now with english (laughs) (laughs) because there are you know like uh i've never really had to like write a a letter you know a professional letter uh, uh you know to a client in french you know so right. well, it's kind of um i'm kind of i you know i've uh, i always say i've studied many languages but i can't speak any of them properly <laughs> just so, like me <laughs> right 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 it's uh, kind of uh, when you um when you were growing up in Paris, were there mm-hmm. many other Iranians there as well, like around your age or maybe? Um... Yes, because okay. we we move in the the, the area where uh, Iranians uh, uh, live. 
in Paris, however, in school in France, uh, although we were like five or six uh, Persian kids, we were not allowed to speak Farsi. So really? we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Teachers wanted us to speak French uh, because they didn't want, um, you know, groups to be formed. You know, they wanted us to speak French only. That way we could communicate with everybody and they could understand what we're saying. And we weren't like talking behind their backs, you know, like. Uh, so um, uh, growing up with my childhood friends, we would speak French among each other uh, or kind of a mix of French and Farsi, you know, uh, and depending on whether or not we want it to be understood. <laughs> you know, if we were like with my brother at home. If we didn't want our parents to understand, we would just speak French, you know, fast. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if I was with my girlfriends outside and we didn't want other people to understand us, we would just speak mm -hmm. Farsi, switch it. Did your yeah. parents speak French before they uh, immigrated to Paris? Not, not really, not fluently. They spoke a little bit of French, but um, uh, not uh, fluently, you know. So uh, at home, we just spoke Farsi. And when you were, uh, so in school, they didn't want you speaking Farsi uh, with one another. Or any other language. How yeah. did how did that? What was the reaction to that? How did you navigate that? Yeah. So it is frustrating because and and France has a very different idea of how to integrate and create a melting pot as in America, where in in America you're encouraged to. Uh, you know, keep your community, keep your culture, learn your language. In France, it's kind of, no, everybody is the same and you're, everybody's kind of whitewashed, if that makes sense. Uh, because they, they, you know, that's the, 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 they call it the integration, you know, like they, they think that if you're, um, you, they want you to, they want every kid to feel French first. Right. And then you're French, but then you have your cultural background, and that's fine. So, uh, and that's really how I felt up until my late, you know, uh, early 20s, that I always felt that, well, I'm French first, you know, like, uh, so, so, yeah, but it does, The when I moved to the U.S., it's funny, because for the first time in my life, uh, that's when I was labeled Persian. Oh, okay. <laughs> U.S. because in the U.S. it's more like a community-based society yeah. where you're kind of labeled uh, based on your race, uh, and we don't do that right. in France. So, if, um, uh, uh, so it's kind of, but it does create a frustration because you feel that kind of part of you is a little bit dying, you know, when uh, you know you're in school. Yeah, everybody's French. Everybody is. Um, uh, has shared the same culture, but at the same time, uh, what makes you different is kind of vanishing because it's not it's not encouraged the way it is here. Like it's not promoted the way it is here. Here, no, you're allowed to be who you are. You know, like you're not you're not forced to like learn a language yeah. or or forget about culture you know so but it's it's like you know like france is a very different country so 
it's like um, yeah different society different mindset so you, pros and cons yeah. everywhere <laughs> did you when you were when you were there with your family did you were you able to uphold any of your uh iranian traditions and uh, not not as uh, uh you know not as because uh, we do have like a Persian New Year, but the the Iranian community in, in Paris is a small community, so it's way bigger here in LA. So, uh, but um, uh, we would because France is only five or six hours away from Iran, right. so uh, we would spend every summer in Iran. So that's where um, I was really, you know, immersed in the Persian um, Iranian culture. Uh, it was uh, during the summers in my childhood. Mm -hmm. But once we were in France, uh, you know, we, it was just, uh, yeah, not, uh, I mean, except for the new year and then my parents, uh, my mom's cooking, you know, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, that, that was pretty much it because the Persian community in Paris is a very small community as opposed to LA where it's a huge community right. here. So. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Within Farsi, um, are there, are there dialects specifically? Yes. So each region will have, has its own uh, dialect. Uh, and um, so my dad is from uh, the northern side of Iran, where he speaks uh, his own dialect at home. And then my mom uh, is from the capital, where they speak uh, Farsi. So, but yes, each region uh, has its own dialect. Are you? Um, and uh, like, me. no, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I was exposed to. My dad's uh, dialect when whenever we visited and sometimes when he meets someone from his own region, you know, he's uh, thriving, like, right? He's, he's like, uh, but uh, not uh, when I never, because it's not written. Mm. So uh, it's hard to study yeah. <laughs> when you have a language that, that has no writing. Right. So, so, but, and then, you know, like when you're a child, like you're, parents language is kind of uh not very exciting you take it for granted like you're like why do i have to go to farsi school you know, it's not a choice it's so, to make your parents happy right yeah. regret it now but uh, it's, uh yeah so what but is, uh yeah i don't speak my dad I like uh -huh. what is uh farsi school like or what was farsi school like so, yeah, we had a um, uh, Farsi school every Saturday in uh, in Paris, uh, and it was fun because it was kind of a way to make friends uh, who understood the the both culture, the French culture, and the the, the Persian right. parents <laughs> culture. <laughs> but, uh, and and our teachers were very sweet. Uh, because they knew that uh, for us it was uh, they had to really motivate us and uh, and you know they were the, they were always giving us gifts and we had um, like performances and uh, and and uh, it wasn't like even as a kid like you kind of get it that uh, it is important for you to learn the culture you know uh, of where you're from and um you know so so yeah so that's what uh we did but then um once uh, i started uh high school 
I had so many um, classes and uh, it was just too difficult to spend like three, four hours uh, every Saturday learning uh, Farsi. So I, I kind of stopped, um, stopped going to Farsi and focused on other things after high school. By that point in high school, when you, uh, when you stopped going to Farsi school, had your had your Farsi improved at that point? So it was much better than what it is now. But <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, at least uh, back then, I was able to like read and write some Farsi. Uh, but then now, you know, it's been so long that uh, it's like uh, uh, you know now, like uh, people who come from Iran can tell right away that I'm not really comfortable. Like I speak like a child, mm-hmm. really. <laughs> So, uh, like, I wouldn't be able to uh, read a newsletter, you know, newspaper, or li- listen to the news in Farsi. Uh, you know, that I mean, I mean, I'm missing so much vocabulary, and uh, so. But the 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 thing is, the difference with uh, English or other languages that I had to learn is that with Farsi, I don't have to listen uh, for it. Uh, it just comes to you know, I can just hear it. So if there is a word or an expression that I don't know, I will be able to spot it right away and, and ask someone, okay, what, what does yeah. this mean, right? It comes to me very naturally, whereas uh, with other languages that I had to learn as an adult, like I always have to listen for it. You know, I have to, uh, there's more like another step <laughs> that I have to take. Uh, it doesn't come necessarily uh, naturally to me, so... Uh, yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So, but but the yeah, and then the, it was uh, we always spoke like a mix of French and Farsi with the. Um, so it was kind of uh, uh, we were good at neither of them. <laughs> <laughs> what would be an example of like a Farsi French uh, phrase or a saying or something you'd ask for? <laughs> Uh, so, so for example, like if there are expressions in uh, either French or Farsi that you can't really translate, but that really uh, match what you want to say, you know, like uh, then I would just use the, either the French or the Farsi expression. So because you can't really translate it, and in some situations you have to use to use that expression <laughs> and not. Uh, Say, yeah. right uh but the funny thing is that i do that now with english so I, when i'm in france and i wanted to sometimes i i, I want i want to say something use an english expression and i have to think about like stop myself for a second and say wait, wait a minute like how do i say that in french <laughs> like, you know like some expressions that don't exist in other languages like uh sometimes it just comes to your mind and you, you just can't translate them yeah. uh, word to word, you know. You have to... Yeah, I think I so, think that, so I think that's really interesting too because um, so I I've been learning French for longer than I really should admit because it's embarrassing that I'm not fluent <laughs> right now. Um, but I I noticed that a lot of words, especially new words like um, like in my French class, if we wanted to if we wanted to talk about what we did and we would say like, oh, uh, the fair du shopping or, 
if you're mm-hmm. looking for, you know, you're in a cafe and you you want like le wifi or just something that it's not quite French, but it's not quite English and but it's okay because we all understand each mm-hmm. other type of type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there's a mm-hmm. lot of that. Is there is there any of that in any of you in 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 Farsi? Is there any of that? Um, like uh, you mean like uh, English expression that are borrowed but don't, don't really, really translate. Yeah, translate. it's like like what I'm thinking is more the uh, French expressions in English that we don't use mm-hmm. in France, <laughs> such as oh, right. yeah. <laughs> or like who says voila in French? I don't know. Like uh, or uh, yeah, there are expressions that uh, are kind of borrowed, but they're used in a different slightly different meaning uh in in uh in french or in uh farsi or, or what, I, what i'm thinking is more in english where uh sometimes i'm like why do you guys say that <laughs> why do you guys say france? like i've never heard anyone say that in france so 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 yeah i think so. i think mm-hmm. the reason for that is because and I'm guessing, I didn't look into this, but I think the reason is because here in the States, I feel like we think and we have thought for a hundred years that everything French is fancier. So we have a lot mm-hmm. of phrases that we just throw in there to, to sound fancier. And I think a lot of them are just antiquated, like ooh-la-la and and voila and vive la France and things like that that people still say it but I don't think half of us really 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 get it and of course nobody in France still says it anymore but I think that because we still have this equation with French things being more elegant um, I think that's Mm -hmm. why they persist so um, I think it is kind of funny. <laughs> right. So right. when you you moved to the the states, did you um, did you move straight to LA? Uh, so my first year, I was in LA. Then I was in New York uh, for four years, and then I moved back to Southern California uh, ten years ago. So when when yeah, so so so. When mm-hmm. you um, when you moved to LA, I know there's a, a really big Iranian community there. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Um, there's a a big uh, Iranian community, but to me, they're American kids. <laughs> <laughs> they're very Americanized. Like, cause it, I went to law school here. And uh, right away, uh, you know, like I said, like the, for the first time in my life, I felt really Persian because all the Persian American kids in my class kind of integrated me within their groups and we would hang out. And, and I was like, oh, that's it's pretty cool to have friends that are, you know, also from similar background. But um it's to, to you know to me like they were they're they're very americanized i mean so a lot of them are born and raised here uh and and uh, so it's not the same culture as uh the european culture uh so uh, so yeah so it's like uh, and even like uh when i 
because I moved to France when I was uh, really uh, uh, young, I uh, when, when I traveled to Iran, I don't really identify with the Persian culture 100% either. You know, I'm kind of a, Iranians see me as a foreigner. <laughs> French people see me as a foreign-born, you know, a citizen who moved to the U.S. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in America, I'm just a mix. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, in terms of, um, uh, yeah, uh, it was a, it's, it's a, it's a nice way to bond with uh, people that share the same uh, uh, background and culture and, and, you know, but they, uh, they have their, they use their own like uh, expression sometimes. And uh, yeah. So, but my Farsi isn't that good that I could really be able to tell you like, uh, Oh, if they're using slang or not, or, you know, like I, I don't have that level. I'm <laughs> very basic in Farsi. <laughs> So, yeah. Do you so. feel, so you mm -hmm. mentioned that it's, it's very different than uh, in the European, the European community. Are those differences that, mm -hmm. that, um, that you felt very strongly? Are they subtle differences? Are they, uh, especially linguistically, I guess, too, um, if the kids here are more Americanized, do you feel like they maybe spoke less Farsi amongst themselves than maybe they did in Europe, or what? What would you say the differences were, or the similarities? Right. So one example would be the sense of humor. So like there is a like when I meet uh, some someone from Europe, from Germany, from England, there is a sense of humor that like we get each other, you know, we're like, we, we understand like that we have, that's a little bit different than the American sense of humor. Uh, and, and, and it's a lot of things also, uh, you know, Americans are, they're very sociable. They, they, you know, it's a, a you know, a completely different mentality. Right. So, uh, so it is true that um, uh, when I hang out with my, uh, European friends, like I kind of feel closer to them than to the kids that are Persians here, but the, the, the Persian kids here who are Persian Americans, like born and raised here or who have been here for a while. Cause, cause, but, um, but you know, like it's, um, I would say the, the, yeah, sense of humor is one thing. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then after that would be just cultural references and connotations that I don't, I didn't have when I first moved mm -hmm. to the U.S., like when people were making references to, or using expressions borrowed from movies or famous hosts or radio shows or stuff like that, and I, I had no clue what they were talking about, so everybody's laughing, and I'm just like, I, I missed the joke. <laughs> Yeah. But that's what's happening to me when I go back to France mm. now, because uh, you know, I've been here 17 years. And meanwhile, there were there are a lot of things that have changed uh, in, in uh, France. And there are a lot of expressions that are new. There are a lot of uh, references, even among my friends, when they speak uh, together, they say they use expressions that are borrowed from TV shows and stuff. And I, I I just don't get the joke, <laughs> you know. I have to ask for an explanation. <laughs> so so it's um, yeah. So uh, that's uh, but it's uh, yeah related to language. Uh, yeah, those ex those uh, cultural or uh, 
top uh, references connotations that uh, even though you may be fluent in an English, in the, you know, in a, in a, in a language. When I first moved to the U.S., I was I spoke textbook right. English, you know, uh, and and uh, and I did try to learn expressions that you use, you know, uh, idioms that you use from friends, uh, but there are always like those uh, references that you're missing unless, uh, until you become much more familiar with the culture. Uh, so, so yeah. I think that's always a struggle for me, at least, mm -hmm. too, because when you're learning it from the textbook, you feel really confident on one level because you're, you're getting the vocabulary, mm -hmm. you're understanding the verbs, and you know what's going on. But then when you get into a conversation, mm -hmm. your confidence is all over the place, right? Because there are parts, things that right. you're understanding and things that don't make sense. And, and you don't, you really have to, to think really quickly to, um, to keep up. When, so I, right. I'm a native English speaker and I, I always feel like I have to apologize to people who aren't <laughs> because English is so difficult. Um, and I think even I studied English in college and I studied grammar and I still find it difficult. How do you, how did you get to the point where you were studying English and, and how did you find your confidence? How did you find your ability to, to, to become fluent. Mm -hmm. So I think English to me, um, it's a kind of a deceiving language. What I mean is that initially when you learn English, it's actually a very easy language compared to other languages. Obviously, if you compare English with Mandarin or Chinese, mm -hmm. you know, like it's a, it's a, it's a very, uh, or Arabic, right? It's, uh, so the, the, I think it's a little bit deceiving in that it's pretty uh, uh, pretty quickly you can get to a level in English where you uh, you're you can go by and you you would consider yourself like you're not gonna pass just because you're gonna have a trip in a uh, you know in an English speaking country yeah you know if you study English and and I know it depends on where you're from so if you're from Asia it's a lot harder to learn English than if you're from Europe uh, uh, because of the similarities in the languages. But still, I, because uh, we used to go to uh, England uh, when I was a teenager to learn English, and we, we met a lot of international students uh, from all over the world in uh, English class every summer. So, uh, But still, I think that if you really uh, study regularly uh, for six months for a year, you can, it's deceiving because you can feel very comfortable in English and you don't know how much you don't know, right. you know? <laughs> uh, it's only when you start, you move to a country and uh, that's, uh, uh, it's only when, once you reach a level that's like a little bit more advanced uh, and depending on whether or not you need to reach that level, you know, if you need to work in English, it's a different thing from somebody who who may not need to necessarily use English on a, you know, at work, you know. So right. uh, once you reach a, a more, like I would say, 
uh, upper intermediate to advanced level of English, that's when you realize, oh, no, <laughs> it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. And for me, what was very difficult is that uh, in France, when we, we learned English in uh, uh, middle school, right? But we never had native speakers uh, teaching English. So what was difficult for me is actually unlearn uh, everything that was taught to us that was incorrect. And for like 15 years, I was like, I've, I've been saying this wrong for 15 really? years. Corrected <laughs> me. <laughs> so, uh, but one of the, um, uh, uh, so uh, I think the one of the tips that my cousin actually gave me when I first moved to uh, the US, and because I, I was, uh, he was, he had roommates. And my first week there, I stayed with him and his roommates, and they were constantly like joking and, and talking, and I would miss so many of their jokes, mm -hmm. uh, not only because of um, listening and like, you know, it takes a while to get used to someone's um, accents and intonations and the way they speak, but it wasn't just the listening skill, it was just the cultural references, the pop culture uh, connotations and my cousin said you need to watch watch um, uh, the late night talk show uh, host you need to you know their monologues yeah. at the beginning uh, and and it's true that you know I came from uh, 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 learning English in a very academic textbook in very structured environment at school and then you're thrown into, okay, everyday language, having a conversation is very different from textbook yeah. English, you know? So, uh, so I think that helped me a lot because back in the days we didn't have internet, you know, this is before internet. So I, uh, but uh, when I moved here, uh, one thing that I did is w watch the, those talk show hosts or those, com you know, improv, uh, comedy improv, because these speak, they, they speak casual language. They, it's not like watching the news or watching a movie where everything is scripted and, you know, they speak proper English. No, the talk shows, they, they speak casual English and they incorporate a lot of the culture, uh, you know, in their jokes or and, and you can look up, you know, whatever you don't know, you can just look it up, you know, mm -hmm. or ask someone. Uh, that was a good tip. But um, uh, yeah, and the other thing is uh, also like uh, doing uh, if you if you can afford to have a a tutor or doing a lot of one on one uh, language exchanges for the you know which if you if you can't afford to have a tutor have a language exchange, exchange partner uh, for right. free right and and I, th that's a great way to that's a, a great way to learn very fast because you don't have a, any option you have to speak it <laughs> it's not like when you're in a class you kind of uh, uh, you know you, you can uh, kind of uh, uh, not participate but when you're one-on-one -on -one, you have to for you're forced to right. participate so. I think I think mm -hmm. that the late night talk show host idea advice is mm -hmm incredible i have never heard that before and and it's so, right as you're talking i'm thinking about it and it's so sensible because oftentimes the late night talk show hosts they'll they'll talk about the same topic night after night 
So you get a different perspective on whatever particular scandal is in the news or whatever, uh, you know, whatever is catching people's attention. And if you didn't get it on Monday night, you might get it on Tuesday night. (laughs) And if you didn't get it Tuesday by Friday, if you keep watching the same thing, you'll, you'll, you'll understand what's going on. And just like you said, it's informal and you get an idea of the humor, which I think is really important. Mm -hmm. And if you ask me, I don't think that, um, you know, in in the classroom, they focus enough on things that are funny and, and humor is really a part of our lives every day. Um, Whether we think about it or not, it's, it's just such a natural way to communicate with people through humor and well especially in the american right. culture the uh, you know like at work in france if you make a joke it's kind of seen as unprofessional oh <laughs> whereas in the u.s in the u.s that's how you break mm-hmm. the ice that's you make it like it's very normal like if you have a, a like a someone giving a speech the first thing they're going to do is make a quick joke that's seen as very a a good way to connect and very professional right like that's how you connect with your audience whereas in other countries if you're making a formal speech you're not gonna make a joke it's seen as childish uh, almost you know like not professional whereas in the in in the u.s it's part of the culture that's how you Mm -hmm. break the ice that's how you connect with people right and if you think of it like the purpose of language is to connect with people right. it's to communicate but not just communicate it's to uh, share some uh, uh, you know a, a part of your culture you know it's not just yeah you can communicate yeah I can get Google Translate and I can translate anything in any language mm-hmm. right but the, the, why people are volu- when when it's voluntary? Like why aren't people eager to learn a foreign language? It's really to connect. To, to, it's not just because they want to learn about a certain culture or history. It's more than that. It's because they want to be part of it. They want to make it their right, own. Yeah. You know. It's, uh, so. So I think those um, either talk show hosts or comedies, but uh, what I'm talking about is those uh, improv, right? You know, like I'm not talking about scripted uh, like movies or TV shows, right. you know, like a, like a back in the day where we're told, oh, you need to watch Friends because that's how you're going to learn uh, casual conversation. No, <laughs> Friends. <laughs> You know, that's scripted like they, they don't talk like uh like everyday right. people uh, you know so so yeah yeah that was a good uh, tip but uh, uh but then the other thing that i think is missing in um uh, language learning especially in france is uh they they don't spend any time on phonetics uh very minimal uh maybe 30 minutes out of a whole year the teachers are going to spend time on teaching you how to say things properly with a proper accent uh, or intonations. And to me, that's very important. And unfortunately, a lot of the, the teachers are not native speakers themselves. So how can they teach something that they don't really right. master, yeah. you know? But and, and the same thing in here, like uh, I went to my uh, friend's uh, uh, French class and the teacher is American and 
she has an accent. <laughs> how is she teaching? <laughs> you know, how, how are you, as a student, how are you supposed to learn the correct way to say things if your teacher is not a native mm-hmm. speaker or has an accent, you know? And, and the thing is, I think it's very frustrating for people to, um, you know, for any language learner, for any language. When you spent, like, let's say you spent three years learning a language and the as soon as you say the first sentence that you say people look at you like huh like what did you say and you're like oh I spent three years <laughs> and stop frowning right but the real reason is that when you started learning the language your teacher did not spend enough time on Absolutely. phonetics on learning accent and it's not that hard you know it's kind of like music like you or playing the any instrument you know musical instrument like it's it's just like you need to learn how to shape your mouth a certain way where to place your tongue a certain way you know it's kind of like learning how to to sing really like uh you know it's, it's it's not that hard but I wish that they would spend more time doing that because it would be such a relief you know, imagine how happy you would be if, let's say you had, you had studied French just for a year and the first few, you have a very short conversation about, I don't know, the weather and people wouldn't even notice that you're not from France. Yeah. You know, imagine how happy you would be overjoyed. <laughs> but, and that's possible. That's possible because, you know, you have, this is like, like um, uh, actors or uh, singers, they have to learn proper right. phonetics to be able to speak French, right? So I had a, I had a, um, uh, a friend who was a singer, and he wanted to sing a song in French, and he had me record it in French slowly, right? And I was like, no way. Like, I was like, oh, okay, good luck, right? Like, I was like, no way. Word of French, like he doesn't understand anything that he's singing. Like, how could it be that he's gonna sing with a perfect accent? And to my surprise, his French was perfect. Wow, perfect! Like, it's a skill that they they learn, and and um, uh, with a you know with a, a, a voice teacher, but um, it is a skill that unfortunately they they don't really. Uh, spend time teaching and uh, and um, uh, I wish they would you know in any language yeah, in any language, yeah. So. I don't think that I've encountered that in any language that I've tried to learn and I want to add to what you're saying as well that I never learned I'm trying to think especially in French I will say for sure in French I never learned the alphabet And I Uh think that, you know, they're teaching us the numbers from one to a million. They're teaching us colors. Mm -hmm. They're teaching us Mm -hmm. as beginners, uh, very basic things. But if you learn English, especially Mm -hmm. here in this country, you're learning English. The first thing you learn is the alphabet. You learn how each letter is Mm -hmm. pronounced. And I have been learning French for maybe... 15 years and not one Mm -hmm. class I've been in has the teacher started off with going over how to pronounce each letter and it's frustrating Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. halfway through the class you realize 
you've been pronouncing it wrong the whole time. And right. you don't really have the opportunity to, uh, you know, we can go over our A, B, C, D, E, F, G in English, but in, in French, I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know when to say mm -hmm. this letter belongs, you know, this, this letter belongs with this sound. I only know that because I've heard the word that it goes in, that it belongs in 800 times. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that you're right. I think that is the step that's missing is just right. letting, showing yeah. students how to, how, how to use these sounds. Because then when you understand right. how to use the sounds, you, you can really understand uh, words that you've maybe never seen before. You know, you'll know mm -hmm. how to pronounce it. And, and I have a difficult time pronouncing words that I've never seen before. I can read words and I can figure it out, but actually saying it and feeling confident to be on a street in, in, in Paris and be able to, to say a word that's brand new to me, it's, it's scary. <laughs> right. Think about it. Think about how kids learn uh, the, their first uh, language, right? Their their mother uh, language, right? Like the kids learn sounds. They don't learn right. words. They learn sounds. And how how is it that a two year old can have can say a word with a perfect accent, but not a you know like when you're learning as an adult, it's a lot harder because the kid kids learn sounds first, you know. So yeah, it it is. Um, I wish they would uh, spend more time just on phonetics and sounds in any language because uh, it's completely. Uh, uh, it would make uh, you know your life a lot easier if you go to a foreign country and you speak. You you're able to have a a small talk or a conversation uh with a minimal you know uh accent like and people would completely understand you um uh you know like uh you, you would uh, uh you wouldn't be so frustrating to to it wouldn't be so frustrating to to learn a language i think so no i wanted to ask you um i wanted to ask you do you find yourself turning to different languages when you want to express yourself in a certain way? Uh, so, like, do you mean, like, if I get angry, what language is going to come to me? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. Um, so, I... Because I, uh, uh, yeah, I, like I would say that uh, because like when I'm dreaming, I dream in French. Oh. If I want to count fast, I'm going to count in French. When I take a dance class, because I've been taking, I, I used to take dance class when I was a kid. So I always learned how to count the steps in French. And so when I take dance class here and it's in English, the, when the teacher is counting in English, if I'm on my own, I'm going to count in French because because right. those are like your childhood, you know, uh, uh, ingrained, uh, you know, uh, have. But um, if um, yeah, I, uh, if I'm uh, sometimes like um, 
uh, I would wake up and say something in Farsi to Tom, who doesn't speak <laughs> Farsi, you know. <laughs> like, so that's funny because, you know, I guess we're, we're, I'm kind of mixing things up. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know which language am I supposed to speak right now. So, uh, but uh, but yeah, if I if I'm uh, if I'm in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, or, or sometimes I want to say, "Hey, wait, wait, wait!" I'm gonna say, I, "I'm gonna say it in French," and it's just like naturally because I'm not, you know, I'm kind of stressed or something. I'm panicking. French is gonna come to my brain first. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it's it's funny because uh, uh, I'm gonna tell my coworker, "You know, wait, wait, wait!" In French, and I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait!" No, no, no. <laughs> switch back, switch back. So I would say, uh, yes, yeah, so, but um. Uh, sometimes uh, in some situation I use French with where, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't use uh, English just naturally. Mm-hmm. But, Do you uh, feel different with each language that you speak? Do you feel like a different, it's a different part of your, your personality? Yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, and I think that's just because it's, it's different cultures, right? So, for example, in France, people are much more reserved and a little bit colder. So it is in your the choice of words or the, the way that you speak, the distance that you put um, uh, when you speak to someone. Whereas in English, it's a more, much more uh, warm, chill, <laughs> you know, culture. <laughs> Uh, so and and then in uh, uh, Farsi, it's it's you have to be very polite, but at the same time very warm. Uh, so it is true that just and then and and Farsi, everything is much more dramatic and emotional. So <laughs> the, way that you, the expressions that you use, uh, basically, you're kind of switching your hat and uh, putting on a different culture hat, you know, cultural right. hat. When you're uh, changing languages, you, uh, uh, but uh, it's uh, so so yeah, it is. Um, uh, it does um, uh, show a different uh, personality. Even my the my pitch. So in Farsi, because I, in Farsi women tend to have a much higher pitch. So when I speak Farsi, I go up there like this. I always, uh, I'm always up there. Whereas if I'm speaking French, I'm going to be a little bit lower <laughs> in my pitch. Uh, so it's it's funny that the uh, true it it does uh, show a different aspect of your personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did you how did you come to practice law in English? So yeah. I. Uh, yeah, so I studied um, uh, both French law and American law in uh, France, and then they sent us uh, as an exchange student to law school here, uh, and then for a year, and then uh, uh, so initially I just came here for a year, and then seventeen years later I'm still here. College in France. Uh, then I moved uh, to the U.S. to study uh, law. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just uh, I I took um, I wanted to study international law, so I took that uh, specific uh, uh, I went to that specific um, uh, school that had uh, American law and uh, uh, French law. So that's uh, that's why I'm here. And you said earlier that you you feel like 
Well, ex- ex- elaborate on this. You said that uh, here, if you're drafting legal legal documents in English, you feel more comfortable doing that than you would doing in, in French? Right, because I, uh, so I've never worked in, um, uh, I had like internships in, in law, uh, law offices in France, but I've never worked like long term in, in France. Because uh, I, I moved here after college, right? So um, obviously, because I use English on a, at work on a daily basis, like I, if I have to write a, anything in English, uh, you know, whether it's a pleading or it's a letter or whatever I'm, I'm drafting, uh, if it, for professional purposes, uh, uh, I'm more uh, used to do it in English. And, and, and in the legal field, there are a lot of expressions or uh, rules or um, mechanism mechanism that we don't have in France, so um, I just use English. Uh, but some from time to time, I do have either French clients that don't speak uh, English, or I have to communicate with uh, French lawyers. Oh. And um, so, from so what I do is I just copy their style <laughs> you know like, like i'm kind of my own native you know language of french I'm, I, I'm i have to learn it i have to learn the professional legal french from other lawyers yeah. because i've never really had uh, to to learn it or to use it so like just the way like the they sign or some of the the expressions that they use i just copy them <laughs> So, That's interesting because in a way you're you're always learning. Yeah, yeah, I'm always learning. That's what I'm saying. I can't speak any language properly. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's, uh, it's uh, always a learning uh, uh, journey, right? It's a uh, so that's uh, that what makes it uh, interesting. Have you tried learning any other languages? As you, yes, yeah. What else have you yeah. so, attempted? So, uh, so, I started learning English in uh, middle school in France, and we we also had to pick uh, German. I, I picked uh, German. We had to pick a, a, a third language mandatorily. Uh, but then I've also studied Latin and uh, ancient Greek, uh, and those were like more like elective mm-hmm. languages that. I, enjoyed uh, learning uh, but um, uh, and then when I moved to uh, California uh, in my late uh, 30s uh, I'm sorry 20s late 20s I um, I uh, was uh, doing a lot of uh, language exchange so I started learning Mandarin for just beginner level for I, I studied Mandarin for six months Japanese for six months then I moved to Koreatown in LA, and my uh, I'm completely immersed in Koreatown because uh, my coworkers, everybody, half of our clients were Korean, uh, and and uh, my coworkers are a lot of them are Korean. So I've been studying Korean for a couple of years now. Wow. <laughs> Although I'm a very student I never do my homework and I don't really uh, I'm, I don't like and it's just like a hobby it's not really like I don't learn it to to like really be able to you know draft a, an essay in Korea no I just learn it to kind of break the ice and uh, 
and uh, be able to order soju at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, it, uh, so, and then now that uh, my boyfriend is um, uh, Vietnamese, I'm trying to try to start on Vietnamese, but uh, it's a, uh, it's uh so it's um so i've been studying a lot of languages but not uh i'm not really fluent uh in uh, the other uh languages just i'm 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 um, uh, i would say i'm fluent in french obviously in farsi i speak a little bit like a child and in english i speak uh, more like a professional english mm-hmm. uh but then uh, the other languages, I don't really speak them. Like I just learn. Uh, I've uh, just uh, just a few expressions here and there. So it's funny because my friends in France, they ask me, "Oh, you know, you've been in the U.S. for so long. Are you Americanized?" And I'm like, "I don't know if I'm American. I'm definitely Koreanized because <laughs> I'm in Koreatown all uh, uh, most of my t- time. So uh, definitely." Do you have a favorite that you've attempted so far or one maybe that's been the easiest for you? Um, the easiest language to learn? Uh, yeah, I would say English is probably the easiest. Um, uh, but it, it is a, like a, it, it's easier and, and Korean to some extent compared to Japanese or Mandarin because of the writing system. Korean writing system is very easy to learn, mm-hmm. uh, but it's kind of like English where it's deceiving because you get to um, uh, you pass the beginner level very quickly. So you think, oh, I'm g-, you, you feel confident until <laughs> You start really learning the language, and then then you realize, oh, it, that it's a lot more complex uh, than than, uh, and it takes. Uh, I think uh, Korean has like seven hundred uh, verb endings, <laughs> and each have a slightly different uh, meaning, and the nuances are very subtle. So, so, but Japanese is the same, you know. Like it's it's, it's a uh, they're very complex languages, so. Uh, but it is uh, they're fun languages to learn. I think Japanese is um, because of the the their uh, accent is very flat, and it reminds me of French. You know, like uh, the the. So I think it, it's to me Japanese is a fun language to learn until you start learning the characters. <laughs> Once you- you're asked to actually read it and, and write it, then it becomes really uh, difficult and uh, discouraging, you know. But uh, it's a fun language to hear and to memorize, and and also their words are short words, so you, you it's easier to remember them. It's kind of like English, also the uh, English also has short words, you know. It's not like German is long, harsh words. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but uh, Japanese and, and English, I would say they're more fun to learn because it's easier. It's more pleasant to my ear uh, ears, and then um, uh, it's also uh, easier to remember the those short words, you know. So, uh, but um, in terms of which language have I enjoyed learning the most, I would say Korean, definitely. 
because uh, not just because uh, of the language itself, but also because I learned it as an adult in a school for adults, for professionals. So I got to meet people people from all over the world who spoke four, five, six languages fluently, wow. you know? So like this whole crowd of, um, it's really broadened my horizon a lot. And um, so I was like, hey, I only speak two languages fluently. <laughs> you know, other people speak five. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, I'm behind. <laughs> I need to learn more. So, but, uh, and it's amazing to see how some people just have, um, Uh, you know, it's so easy for them to pick up on languages just by hearing it or, um, you know, so, so just by spending, focusing on it. Um, it's amazing to me. So, but um, it's, it's, yeah, so Korean is a fun language to learn because of the, it's not, you're not just learning a language, you're learning a whole culture, mindset, history, arts, you know. Um, uh, so uh, it's it's a fun language. It, it's a, my I have a lot of fun uh, learning Korean. So mm-hmm. you have inspired me now <laughs> to learn, to just to just go out and just learn just learn enough. And I think that the for me, I, I always think I want to learn to fluency and because I know I'm not going to be fluent in all the languages I want to be. I often don't even try. But mm-hmm. if I could just go and take a German class or a Japanese class or an Arabic class or something, just enough to be able to say something I think mm-hmm. I would feel a lot better. <laughs> right. And I, I didn't and think that people really did that, but I I like that that's your mentality toward towards right. towards languages. Yeah, you know like the the way is uh one is the need to connect to connect to people from all over the world, right? We all have that need, uh, you know, so in some people it's it's a lot, <laughs> in other people it's less, but the, 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 I think it's it's exciting, right? To, to, to think, oh, I could do that. Like if I, you know, I could uh, 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 go to Korea and uh, just um, uh, spend a, a couple of months there and not panic, you know? <laughs> right. But uh, the other Yeah, and uh, the other thing I was going to say, but I just forgot, let me see, I think it was, uh, okay, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 sorry, sorry. But uh, the other thing is, uh, the more I learn about a different culture, the more similarities I see with my own culture, Uh, the more I try to learn other languages, the more I get closer to other people, you know, despite all the differences, you know, at the beginning, when you go to a foreign country and it's a different language, all you see is differences. But then the more you get to, and especially learning a language is the best way to, uh, you know, uh, learn about a different country, a different mindset, culture, right? So if the more you learn about that culture, their languages, their expressions, uh, the way they speak to one another, their politeness levels, 
the more you kind of, uh, it becomes part of your own culture. Right. You know, it's like you're appropriating that culture. And now it's your culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of your own culture. The closer you feel with um, that country or the, those people. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like it's, it's a, uh, and it's a, uh, one, my, uh, one of the, tip I have is go meet those people, meet people who travel the world, have lived all over different continents and speak many languages because that's really going to inspire you to to do the same and motivate you and you, you'll see like, you you know, you're not going to get discouraged because you're like, okay, this person can do it so I can do it, you right. know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want to so. ask you one more question. I want to ask you, and you can you can pick whatever language you are fluent in, whatever you're semi-fluent mm-hmm. in, whatever you're curious about. What um, do you have any idioms or sayings, swear words or jokes or tongue twisters that you can share? Sure. So I, I'm just going to my favorite uh, French expression, right? And it's a kind of a old school expression that still exists because I checked. Because <laughs> uh, I do tend to speak uh, uh, French a little bit. Uh, my French is a little bit outdated because I haven't lived in France in uh, 17 years. But that expression still uh, is uh, used there. Uh, and the expression is être à l'ouest which means to be on the West or at the West, which means to space out or to, to zone out or to be completely out of something. Like if you're very tired, uh, you're just going to say, say Shred West. Or uh, if somebody says something that's like completely out there, you go Adel West. So it means literally to be on the West or at the West. <laughs> just means to space out or to be uh, zoning out like not not yourself yeah. you know like be very tired or uh, just lost <laughs> so that's what it means I've never heard that one and I'm gonna start using See? it can you believe that in, yeah. in all these years I've never heard that one and good I'm, good I'm, I'm writing it down I like it <laughs> mm-hmm. right right it's a fun expression. It's it's a, it's one of those expressions that sometimes it's hard to translate because it has different meanings. But really, really like it within the, the the proper context. That's the only expression that comes to my mind. How do you feel, Sherlock? <laughs> like how it is hard to translate in mm-hmm. English. But uh, I'm out of it, or I'm I'm tired, or um, uh, yeah. Don't ask me like right now. I can't. <laughs> so. I like uh-huh. that. That is going to come in very handy. Uh, Good. Sure. Um, Ellie, it was uh-huh. a pleasure speaking with you. And Likewise. I am so happy that we were able to have this conversation. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thanks for having of me. Of course. I wish you the best of luck learning Vietnamese. How are you? How are you doing it so far? <laughs> Oh, I just started on Duolingo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
Uh, yeah, and I bought like a mini travel dictionary, you know, in case we go to Vietnam. But uh, uh, yeah, that's my. I have to buy a. I'm still very old school. I need to buy a textbook. Yeah. <laughs> so I learn like these apps. They don't do it for me. I need a textbook. I need a grammar book. <laughs> so, but yeah, so far that's so great. Good, so. Well, we'll have to check in with your with your progress and see how it's going. I'm sure yes. you'll. You'll pick it up really quickly. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) You will. Thanks so much again for for talking with me. Good luck to you also with uh, this podcast. Thank you so much.